0: I
1: continue to be surprised and disappointed by uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould's decision to uh, step down from her role at Veterans Affairs and from being uh, a member of Cabinet. Uh, This is something that uh, uh, we uh, work on together because we build uh, a better future for Canadians every day. We believe strongly in things like reconciliation and moving forward in in meaningful ways to help middle-class Canadians and people working hard to join them. Uh, And uh, uh, this is not a decision that, uh, that remains clear to me
0: nothing does nothing is clear to that man that is of course uh, justin trudeau asked uh in halifax today which is nowhere near ottawa more about when did he meet with jody wilson raybowl why did she get booted out of her job why 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 and that's the answer you're gonna get he d- will not answer any question ever and two weeks in he's still confused about something that he should be very clear on and we all know that he is And the bottom line is he does know because his former cabinet minister explained it this week to his team that she did indeed feel pressured, and we learned that in the Globe and Mail today. She laid everything out for her colleagues in the Liberal Party as to why she felt it was improper in those three meetings, what she was being asked to do, so she didn't do it. So apparently we've now moved into the uh, strategy phase of, you know, Jody Wilson-Raybould may have felt pressured to do something, but while there was pressure, it was simply pressure of the job and not the same kind of pressure, you know, anyone else experienced. It was just Jody Wilson-Raybould. So maybe, like the Kokini grope, she just didn't experience it the same way that any of the men in the office apparently did. But we did learn something very important today, despite the, you know, partisan... um, testimony given by the top civil servant and he confirmed there were in fact three meetings three meetings with uh, attorney general jody wilson ray bold and that was after a court decided that they were in fact moving ahead on charges of obstruction and fra- fraud and bribery rather uh, against snc so they were moving ahead so why would anyone have to meet with the ag after that and what did they talk about who knows Let's bring up Michael Tope into this conversation. He is, of course, a columnist for the Washington Post, also a political commentator and a regular here on Global News Radio. He joins us now, Michael. You know, I'm still trying to figure out the strategy after two weeks, and I get the sense that so is the Prime Minister. What I don't know, I don't even know where you start with today.
1: Oh God, <laughs> you know, I don't know where we start over the past two weeks. This has been. You know, I know people keep saying this is the craziest, loopiest thing they've ever seen. I've been around politics for more than a quarter century, Alex, and I have never, in this country anyways, never seen anything like this. Today alone was just nutty. I mean, to look at the clerk of the Privy Council come out and Michael Wernick and make statements which are just so stunning. I mean, yeah, sure, not everything he said was outrageous and crazy, but to talk about things from... You know, fear of assassination of a federal leader during the upcoming uh, election campaign, which I've never heard anybody talk about, A, in politics in general, and B, in Canada, too. It's not very common to hear topics like this. I don't disagree with them that social media. You know, it can be less than desirable at times, and there's a lot of bad elements to it, but I don't think we're quite at that point yet.
0: But what, but what did it have to do with anything? It
1: like, didn't. It That's was a— it, it had nothing right. to do with it. This was about NSC Lavlin, and we're talking about things which have absolutely nothing to do with the issue. And really, he should be focusing on the issue, which, yes— He did talk about and said that he disagreed with Jody Wilson and Ray version of what happened Mm -hmm. and said, I think, something to the nature of, you know, the decision was hers to make and she opted to go in one route and that the prime minister, that being Justin Trudeau, didn't do anything wrong. But those were the things we kind of expected to hear. The fact that he went on these wild tangents not only ruins any sort of in influence or impact his statement would have had, it makes you start to wonder, well, that just sounds very, very partisan right. to go off on these wild tangents about you know, assassinations or fear for federal politicians. It's not what you really want to hear, especially at a committee where the major issue of the day right now is something that is basically launching an enormous amount of holes into this liberal government.
0: Right. A- and, well, you want to hear it if you're a liberal, because he was playing to liberal talking points. Sure. But he did confirm that there were meetings and that there was pressure, but the pressure that he or the prime minister or anyone else in the room may have felt, Uh, certainly, you know, maybe she took it differently. I mean, that's what I was hearing is that, yeah, it's a pressure-filled job, but maybe she just, you know, can't handle the pressure.
1: Right. Although he was basically talking more about the fact of her interpretation of what she saw as pressure. Right. You know, she handled in a different way than, say, what she's either – Sort of expressed as of late. I mean, obviously, due to client solicitor privilege, only so much she can say.
0: Well, no, no, no. She can say a lot. She can't, she's not allowed she to. Not
1: to. No, <laughs> she's not allowed to. But she remember the the whole trick is she can't directly discuss it. But if you want to craft a statement and sort of circle the wagons around the issue, there's enough that you can put out there, Alex, that Mm -hmm. at least would get people talking and the chattering class thinking, well, what really did happen? And we need to know more. She's chosen to take a more ethical route. It's her decision. I'm not going to sit there and falter for it because I think you'd have 10 people in that position. They'd handle it 10 different ways. That's what she's chosen to do. But there is, I agree with you, that there's much, much more she could talk about and discuss. And certainly, Mr. Wernick kind of alluded to the fact that at least the discussions were there, which, you know, obviously the Globe and Mail and its chief reporter, Bob Fife, have confirmed. We know now that there obviously were discussions. We yeah, know, but that he, he also
0: called the Globe and Mail story wrong. I mean, wrong, He basically exactly. called Bob Fife a liar, which is probably not a tactic <laughs> I would take if I were a politician. No. Because Bob Bob will not forget that. He's going to get something else. And the whole and I'm sure thing he has is, something else. Yeah.
1: No, and there's there's a rule in Ottawa, and it exists there. And I knew it even before I went there. You don't challenge Bob Fife, okay? I know that puts Bob on a pedestal, and that's fine. But he is one of the best in the game in this country and trust me he doesn't make many mistakes very few at best and with this one everything that the liberals have denied is turning out to either be true or moving towards the truth to a point that it's now almost impossible for the Liberals to even comment about it because whatever Bob Fife has said and may gradually say as time goes along is going to be deadly to their re-election campaign.
0: Well, right. I mean, the attack ad's being spun now because uh, David Lametti, who is the new uh, AG, I mean, he he was ridiculous today. He sounded (laughs) ridiculous. And, And it is obvious that this is nothing more than a charade, and the Liberals do not want to get any answers out of this. It is obvious.
1: Yeah, no, David Lametti is more of a yes man. I think we can uh, safely say that. Or he has decided that he's going to play this role now while everything is sort of white-hot against his government. Again, you know, that, that's his decision. But what he's saying is, is very preposterous, and it only makes Jody Wilson-Raybould, who, you know, ideologically I have a lot of issues with, as do most conservatives. Oh, yeah.
0: But I didn't she think she was a very good liberal, AG, but she, yeah, she's she is, quite a chess know, player. But she, is,
1: <laughs> but she is so powerful right now. Well, it's not even funny. And I know people are saying she's the most powerful woman in Ottawa. Well, you know what? If she's not, she's pretty damn close Mm -hmm. to it. And she is actually much more tactically sound than this prime minister that we currently have is. I mean, Justin Trudeau is weak in a lot of different ways. But one of the biggest ways that he is weak is that when a narrative is created for a particular story or issue or event, he's not able to follow along with it. He often goes off script. And when it goes completely off message in a different direction, he is unable to actually maneuver it back to his advantage. Jodie Wilson Raybold in only two weeks has actually shown skills that I, quite frankly, didn't know she had. I don't think a lot of us did. And she's actually becoming stronger. More respected and more powerful within the liberal caucus, even if they don't want to admit it, and even if they can't look her in the eye, as we saw yesterday when she basically came out and said, I want to speak my truth. Mm-hmm. And we saw an image that honestly I think will be blazing in most of our minds, where we saw the opposition parties cheering her in, in, mm-hmm. with a standing ovation, and the entire liberal government almost basically sitting there stone faced or looking at their feet or looking at their desk. Well, they were probably pooping their
0: pants look i mean we'll find out what she has or doesn't have to say next week but she literally i think could testify with one question it's a yes or no question you know were you pressured i mean it's come down to a bunch of men in an office with jody wilson rabel who say no it didn't happen it's almost like she said no and they heard yes i mean i know it, it, it is like the kokanee grope maybe she interpreted it differently but that's her interpretation, and so is Mr. Trudeau. Then going to come out and say, "Well, it might have been too high pressure of a job for you." I mean, I don't know how this is going to go, but I think their strategy—I don't—I don't think they realize uh, they've they've boxed themselves into a corner and very, very badly.
1: Yeah, no, I really don't think they, they have either. And part of it you can sort of tell by the fact that Justin Trudeau has now, over the past couple of days, started to, you know, apologize to some degree. Apologizing for not speaking on behalf of Ms. Wilson-Raybould when there were editorial cartoons and commentary pieces that were against her. You know, like he's going to do this, you know, piecemeal every single place.
0: Right, but Michael, those, those comments came from his own party. right. They weren't coming from Conservatives or NDP, they were coming from within his own party. Oh, I agree with
1: you. The Conservatives and the NDP are playing, are being very quiet during this, and they sh- they're doing the right thing. This is not their story. This is not their fight. This is not their controversy. All they have to do is what they've been doing right now, which is basically Andrew Shearer of the Tories and the NDP, with Jagmeet Singh sitting on the outside, but they're, they're obviously managing it, basically just say, we want transparency, we want openness, we want a full inquiry to find out what happened happen from point a to point z yeah. that is the best tactic they could have alex and honestly the rest of it they just have to sit back and let the chips fall and trust me they are raining like crazy right mm, now
0: yes and bigger drops to fall no, <laughs> yeah, without question all right we will talk about this again stay tuned tomorrow because who, who who knows maybe mr fife got very motivated after that uh that justice committee to to dig a little deeper <laughs> i'm going to be watching the Globe and mail very carefully
1: me too. I think I think we're all going to be doing so. And it's just, it's astonishing to watch this, Alex. This is just a moment in Canadian political history that I don't think we're ever going to see repeated, where a, a prime minister, a federal leader, has absolutely no power and is being beaten down easily and tactically by a, by a woman who was a senior cabinet minister and right now is a backbencher who, for some reason, is sitting in the front <laughs> benches, which I can't understand.
0: Me neither. All right. Thank you, sir. We'll talk again.
1: You bet. Take care.
0: Michael Tobe joining us tonight. Stay tuned. And incidentally, incidentally, because I was thinking in my head, where have I heard about the Privy Council recently? Where, 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 where? Because there's a lot of comments, like, about the partisan kind of talk today. You know, how independent are they? Well, it was just last week, just last week, that the judge presiding over the Mark Norman case Questioned that very thing because the defense accused it of political interference, of working on strategy with the Crown. And the judge called it right out. Called it right out. And said so much for independence of the PBSC right in the courtroom. So look, there are concerns about just how independent they are. Pierre, on point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.